Patas. 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 Welcome to Fart House, where we watch the artsiest, fartsiest films so that you can pretend that you did. I am one of your hosts, Casey O'Brien, and I'm joined by, well... My little dude. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Patrick Mallon. Patrick, how are you? Case doing pretty good. Oh. Um, there's so many different things that we could start in on now. Like, I'm kind of, like, tr- overwhelmed with all the different avenues we could go down at the beginning so of the avenues. show. So many avenues. Yeah. Tributaries, so- uh, streams, <laughs> rivers. Yeah. Uh, I think this is what we should address right off the bat. Okay. Because people are clamoring for our takes. Who? Everyone's been clamoring okay. for our takes. Go ahead. Uh, the Oscars. <sighs> do you want to discuss this now or do you want to wait? Do you want to hear about my weekend first? Casey's face. I actually All of Casey's I don't facial talk features about... just fell off his face. He has a I'm fully still smooth di- blank face right now. <laughs> I ha- It's fully smooth and that might be because of all of the uh, injections I've had into my forehead. But... Uh, the Oscars, I'm still digesting what happened, and I found it really horrifying and terrible, and I was had a hard time recovering, and I can't stop thinking about it, and uh, so I don't know if I want to talk about the slap that much, to be Really? Honest. You know, people yeah, I don't literally want, to want us to, to, to weigh in on it. I think it was an assault, Yeah, and it scared me, and it felt like horrible, and I think he should have been kicked out. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And... Uh, I've never been a huge Will Smith fan, and I'm less of one now, I would say. Um, I'm sympathetic to his plight, Mm -hmm. but it was scary, and it really triggered me, and I didn't like it. It's a very awful response in a lot of different ways. And I think, uh, I know that, you know, you already didn't want to talk about it, and here we are talking about it, but... The interesting thing, it it's like the slap. Also, this is coming out like two weeks after it happened, so something might have happened in between now. Yeah, and exactly, exactly. So this, this is way long after. This is a stale take. Everything we're saying yes. is stale. But actually, no. What's evergreen is violence is never the answer. That's evergreen. Yeah, I mean, I thought what Chris Rock did was hack, and I thought it was bad. And mm-hmm. I think Will Smith could have gotten back at him in a much more cutting way that would have just made Chris Rock the enemy. Yeah. And like, it would have been so much Even easier. if Will Smith hadn't won, just imagine if he, you know, he did, Will Smith did win. And imagine if he, as best actor, slaps back at him. Uh, no pun intended. Yeah. It claps back at him. Clap back at him. Or even if he had yelled from his seat yeah. and not slapped him. I yeah. think that would have been totally fine. But... It was really just, uh, I'm still digesting it. And I really, it really kind of shook me to my core. It was like live television at its worst. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not going to compare it to the Challenger explosion because it's not that, but I've never experienced anything like this where something kind of scary happened mm-hmm. just while I was watching TV and it was unexpected. So I think um, there is a, there, are, there's been a lot of insufferable takes um, yes. across the spectrum on this. And it's it's such a complex, nuanced thing. Other than I think the most definitive thing you can say about it is that violence, physical violence in any way is inexcusable. I think that's the most definitive thing you can say. Um, yeah, but it was I, really, it ruined the whole show. I mean, yeah. that's how I feel about it. It really like, it ruined the whole show. You it was could scary tell and even horrible. within the theater that it completely yeah. destroyed the energy, which of course is not the priority. The priority is the safety of everyone, but the fact that it like completely killed the vibe is also yeah. just like totally yeah. shitty. Like everyone's there to have a good time, and Will Smith destroyed 
<laughs> like even at my Oscar party, which was with some lovely people, Tom Myers hosted. I was with Dan O'Brien. I was with Meg Finney. I was with Alex Ford. I was with Alyssa blinking on her last name, but great with Alex Ford. With Alex Ford. I haven't seen, seen Alex in Ford years. since your birthday at the years. HMS Bounty. And uh, it was great to see these people. But even then, I just was shaken by it. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, really, I didn't really care about anything that happened. That's I how think I um, with a, a couple takes that I had seen um, that didn't delve too much into the sort of binary of right and wrong, but kind of talked about the um, w- what's dangerous about reality TV um, is sort of how we can kind of derive pleasure from tragedy. Yeah. And how we can derive titillation from drama. Yeah. And I think this was us. The mirror was held up to our faces in a very we did not like the disturbing way. Yeah. Like, it's like we were faced with something that was like pretty intense. And I feel like some people are being a little bit flippant about it. Have you seen the flippant takes? Like, it's not a Lots big deal. Like you takes. haven't, I, 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 there's no doubt a racial element to it. I mm-hmm. mean, and I think people are making this a race, like white people are making it a race issue in the worst possible way. Mm-hmm. I think my only opinion on it is that it was very disturbing and it scared me and it upset me and I it ruined the whole show for me. That's really my whole opinion on it. So. Yeah. Yeah. It just sucked. And I'll leave it at that. But uh, aside from that... What were your impressions of the Oscars? Uh, you know, some things didn't win that I some things didn't win that I wanted to win. Some things won that I was like, hmm, okay. That's odd. But I wasn't angered. Coda won, which was not my favorite, but I was like, that's fine, whatever. That's how I felt. I would say I was the one the award that I found most enraging by far was Belfast winning Best Original Screenplay. Now, I thought that, that was, was vexing. I'll admit that. I was vexed. Like, on what fucking planet? And I liked Belfast. Yeah, I'm, me too. I, I But it was not... It was the least complicated script. Or, like, it was... I, yeah, I was surprised. I think even, Kenneth Branagh was, 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 it was, was not, surprised. Yeah, I think he was surprised, too. He's like, what the fuck? This is just, like, my diary entry yeah. from when I was, like, 13 years old. Yeah. Yes, that was odd. And who won Best Adapted? It was another fucking odd Coda. Choice. Yeah, Coda. And again, you know, like I liked Coda. I like I didn't hate Coda either, but it was like that is not the best adapted. No, like on no planet, and it's not the best picture. And I realize, like, I don't. Want, these things are so stupid, and it's embarrassing even getting worked up about them because who gives a flying fuck? But you are sweating. You're perspiring right I'm now. I'm perspiring. It's just it's. <sighs> Unless you're having some sort of heart attack, uh, I... <laughs> no, I don't know. It's I guess it's yeah. In a perverse way, it's fun to get annoyed about these things. I oh, guess yeah. this is why we watch the Oscars. It's fun to get mad it's because a... there is it's so inconsequential, and that's yeah. why like there was an event of consequence that happened at the Oscars, which is why it like threw everything into no man's land for right. me, and it eclipsed the. Bananas, the, the the fucking dog shit decisions of the geriatric academy. I will and say, having I hated having these second tier categories where we saw these little remnants of their uh, award speeches. Like we didn't get to see them participate in the regular ceremony. I hated that. This, yeah. this is stupid. Now 
Patrick, I'm going to... But I did love Troy Kotzer's speech. I thought that was very moving when he won, and yes. I was happy that he won. But uh, that's that different really than what cool. I'm... You see that's different than what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I see what... Okay. Yes. I, no, I'm, 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 I'm pivoting here. Oh, yes, but pivot, Patrick, pivot. I, I'm, I have some news here. Okay. I'm, I, I am going to rock your world right now. Okay, okay. So, my parents visited this weekend. Yes, how was it? A blast. Excellent. We ate at the classic... Hollywood hotspot Musso and Franks mm, in Hollywood. Have you ever been there? Very jealous. I've never been to Musso and Franks. I'm oh, very jealous. Phenomenal. Yeah. We sat at Frank Sinatra's booth. We're at a great booth. We can see the whole place. We felt Did like Did you royalty. have a reservation for that or was that happenstance? I reserved so far in advance. I have a feeling they gave it to me because I had reserved so far in advance. Mm, okay. Gotcha. Bill Murray walks in. No fucking way. Was this Saturday Carrie- night? It was Friday night. Friday night. The night of the governor's ball. He walks in carrying an Oscar in his hand. And we're like, what the fuck? Elaine May walks in. He's escorting Elaine May who won an honorary Oscar that night. My parents are freaking out. They took pictures. They're having a ball. Unbelievable parents visiting Los Angeles moment. This is extraordinary. Yeah. This is all you can ask for. It was great. We had a sign. I Did you like, recognize was, Elaine May right away? No, I had to look it up. She is very old. And yeah. I know what Elaine May looks like, but I haven't seen her. She's like 90. I haven't seen her like a photo of what she looks like now. Yeah. And so I only realized after we're like, why the fuck did Bill Murray have an Oscar there? Mm-hmm. And it was funny because I was my mom was like, we need a sign if we see a celebrity because my mom is notoriously terrible. If I'm like, there's a celebrity. She's like, where? Uh, get, tell me on a clock. 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 Where? Like direction. Where? Where am where, I looking? And it's where like, on the oh my clock God, was shut up. Where Bill Murray and Elaine May. They were right behind her. So, and so I said, you should switch seats PM. with me so you can see. They were at her. Her six. I, okay. This. I, but okay. Anyways, I was like, we need a signal. The signal okay, is okay. I'm gonna touch my finger to my forehead. Head, like okay. I'm doing to Patrick right now. And Trisha knew this sign too. And Trisha just turns to us and starts like tapping her head because also Aziz Ansari and Kiki Palmer were having dinner there Holy too. So that was like shit. great sighting. But uh, then Bill Murray walks in and Trisha's like tapping her forehead. I, I had perfect <laughs> It's like the Seinfeld of- episode where Elaine Bennis, Julie Louis Dreyfus is like patting her head like a mental yes. patient. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so. I had my mom and dad switch seats with me so they could see Bill Murray clearly. And my mom took a picture and it was great. And he was like kind of schmoozing the room. I almost felt like it wouldn't have been inconceivable for him to come over and start talking to us. Because he was kind of like he walking was like around. that gregarious. Like yeah. He was oh, that. and the creator of uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, Phil... I'm blanking on his name. How the name. fuck do you know what the creator of Everybody Loves Raymond? I don't know why I know what he looks like. But he was there too with Bill Murray. <laughs> And, and the creator Phil of Babylon Rosenthal. 5 was there, too. Okay. <laughs> He's a comedy person. He was on 30 Rock for a few episodes. Anyways, great. Oh, that was and the great... grip from Tree of Life okay. came in after. <laughs> that's not the same thing. And that's that's mean. I, I wouldn't even know okay. that. Okay. You're being, you're being foolish. The Patrick, were, did you have something to say about your weekend that was more exciting than this? I doubt no, it. No. Stupid no, nothing was more head. exciting than that. But... Didn't I just rock your world right now? Yes, you did. And it's frustrating because these are the kinds of things I miss from Los Angeles. Well, you had the opportunity to be here. <laughs> I know. I do miss th- I do miss those kinds of experiences. Ugh. We're hobnobbing with the celebrities. I know. I haven't had any encounter like that since I've been here in Austin. Uh, there's no one 
remotely on that scale. You haven't run into Joe Rogan? No, fuck that. In fact, uh, every time, and I try and keep it a secret that we have a podcast sometimes. Not a secret. From what? But, not a secret, but... Uh, it's a secret shame. Podcasts are shameful. I yeah, agree. We're, it's it's kind of... And it's my whole profession and it's shameful, yeah. <laughs> but go on. And sometimes I'll mention to someone, or so, usually someone else brings it up. Like Leah will bring it up or Manuel will bring it up. Or like my mom will bring it up to my English teacher in a grocery store and I'll be embarrassed. Right. And it'll, okay. and it'll be about flatulence and your teacher yeah. will shake her head and sprint away from you. Uh, <laughs> usually what people say is like, oh, like Joe Rogan. It's almost always the response. And it's You're talking awful. to the wrong people. I know. I guess. It's excruciating. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's humiliating. We're equals. We're peers. I don't know what to say. We're peers of Joe Rogan. <sighs> Do you think he might die somehow soon? He seems like he's going to live forever. Like Trump, I feel yeah, like, like he's going to live till yes. he's like 99 Trump, years old. I agree. Old. I think Trump, Rogan, Alex Jones, they'll all live to be like 400 years old. And we'll all just be Meanwhile, in purgatory looking up at them. Taylor Hawkins, the drummer of Foo Fighters, dies at 50. A uh, seemingly great soul. Yeah. You know? I know. It's upsetting. Anyways. But, uh, how's your weekend? <laughs> switching gears back. Uh, very esteemed patron of the farts, Christian Duenas. I knew about this. Real ones will know as a friend of Casey's and a patron of the farts came Former to Austin. co-worker of mine. Yes. At Maximum Fun. He came to Austin. Yeah. And we went to the White Horse on Thursday oh. night. Had a great Jealous. time honky tonking, two-stepping. Uh, Whoa, there was honky tonk? There was honky tonk. There Whoa. was honky tonk. And then we, the next day, uh, went down to Lockhart, got some barbecue at Smitty's Barbecue. Phenom. Um, yeah, and Christian had a grand old time. It was great to see him. This is the first time I'd met Christian IRL. We'd been corresponding. Oh, is that right? Via, yeah, we'd been corresponding via the Instagram DM for some time. Yes. And this was our first IRL engagement, and we had a lovely time. It was a great I weekend. I was sent a provocative photo of you two together. Yes, yeah, so what, what was the accompanying text? It said, we say fuck you, Casey. <laughs> now, in my defense... You were blasted. Yeah. I, I you did was, not even remember that this photo was taken. No. In fact, Christian had to remind me that I had tacos that night. I didn't even remember eating the tacos that night. You know, it's funny home. you mentioned that. I, I just saw my friend Tom Myers, mm -hmm. teaser for a future episode, uh... When we watched the Oscars together and he was talking about how we got drinks recently and he's like, and you know, we got drinks and then we ate Wendy's in the parking lot afterwards. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, I like <laughs> barely remember that. Like, mm -hmm. and this was like a month ago. Yeah. Isn't that funny? How yeah, that happens? it happens. It happens when you're having a good time. And I knew, so that Friday I had off, it was a holiday for at, at work. So I think I got a little too excited because I knew I had the day off. So, uh, but it's um, fun, you know. It's but it's fun. great. The weather was incredible. Went out to Rymer's Ranch County Park. Had a nice swim in the Pedernales River. Love that. Uh, had a barbecue at Leah's place. She made this spectacular steak and sausage Ugh, and macaroni salad. It was a fantastic weekend. Case. Did your siblings come to town too, or nope, just just, just Sam and Kev? Paul. Just mom, Paul O'Brien came out. And did Sandra and Kevin um, indicate how they missed me more than you at all while they were in town? They did. They You were brought up several times. Excellent. Excellent. So you My don't have a special relationship you. with them. I guess that's true. They, they love you very much. Mm -hmm. And uh, they wish you'd move to Los Angeles so mm -hmm. that you could hang out with them. And, and they've discussed trading me out for you. 
I, that's not true. They've never discussed that. They would never discuss that because I am their son that they raised, and uh, it would be odd for them to switch them out, uh, switch us out. At I don't know. I think time, I could show I them think. a good time. All right, Patrick. We need to move. Yeah, on. that was that was a long intro. Thanks for we indulging me. We need to me. move on. Do we have any patrons that we must kiss? We do, and this 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 is a really special one. Case. Wow. So. There's someone we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast, and there's a lot of evidence to suggest that he is, in fact, a virgin. Oh, boy. <laughs> there's been nothing to the contrary. Nothing. No, Even one, though he's a patron? Even though he's a know. patron, we don't know whether or not my brother Jeffrey is a virgin. Even though he's we don't. Tr- even though we he's have in no a, fact. An elite no one fraternity at University of Arizona. An elite, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. He is 29 years old. That's all pretty old signs, for being a virgin. All Come signs on, point to him being a virgin. However, Jeffrey, my brother, is now He's a patron. A patron of the farts. Wow. Well, Jeffrey, that's great. Maybe this maybe your induction into this community will allow you to have sex with somebody. I think once he has this on his dating profile, doors will Ooh, open up. I think so. From I think, all all spectrums of sexuality, I yes, think. Yes. Everyone will be much more interested in giving him a chance. I think before they were like, I don't know, should we give this guy a chance? Now that he's a patron of the farts, they're going to be like, all right. They know. Well, I'm so curious. What is his favorite artsy fartsy movie? I love my brother Jeffrey's choice for artsy fartsy movie. Do you want to hear it? Yes. I, yeah, I do. The Babadook. Ah, The Babadook. Great Babadook. movie. Scary. Very scary. Uh, make some people not want to have children. I've yes. heard. Yeah. Um, that little kid, really annoying. Mm-hmm. Sometimes maybe wanted to feed him to the Babadook. Very but, effective uh, anti-procreation propaganda. Anti-creation. Yes. That kid was good though. I thought in the movie he was. Yeah, he felt nice like really annoying. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I'm gonna so give that's... that a six point eight. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna concur with you. Six point eight. Okay. Six, thank you. you so concur? that's, that's uh, brother Jeffrey. Thank Still you, a Jeffrey. Virgin, Thank you maybe so not a virgin, much. Unsure until he says otherwise. And once he listens this, from San Diego, California. Once this podcast comes out, I guarantee you a virgin no more he will be. <laughs> yes, Jeffrey, let us know about your first time. Yes, please. <laughs> we invite you onto the show. To yeah, come on to the show and tell conquest. us about your first time and how being a patron of the farts helped you. Yes. <laughs> now, who's our second patron that we must kiss upon the brow? Our second patron is someone that we've already mentioned before because she's extraordinary. Oh. Katrina Smith from oh, Portland, Katrina. Oregon. And we mentioned we mentioned Katrina because she had that spectacular Sopranos party that we were not invited to for some reason. Hmm. And um, Invite must have gotten lost in the mail. Yeah. Uh, it, it's strange. It would have been pretty easy to just kind of send us an email, but just decided not to invite us. Mm, oh. That's interesting. Probably would have been enough ZD for us. Yes. No doubt some gabagool. Uh, some gabagool. We would have dressed we consider, up. You know, we consider Katrina Paisan. Yeah, Katrina's a Paisan. And you know what Katrina's favorite artsy fartsy movie is? We can give Katrina execution powers too. I know we've been throwing those out willy-nilly, but she can have one. I think we're I think we have we have over sixty patrons and about a third of them have execution powers. I know, but I just feel bad not giving them execution powers. <laughs> I guess all patrons can execute whoever no, they want. No, 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 no. no? Okay. All right, they have to me. ask. Okay. It's like... Or I just feel like giving it to them like in the case with <laughs> Katrina. But go on, what's Katrina's artsy fartsy movie? My own Oh, 
Hey. We just did this. Oh. What did we give it? What did we give the score? I don't score? remember what we. Don't Damn it! Where's our wiki? I'm gonna I give. Uh, this time I'm gonna. I think say we gave it something in the eights, didn't we? Eight High point sevens. three. Eight point seven. You're living in your, your own, own private uh katrina we're gonna give this little eight point well you're gonna give it are you giving an 8.3 or 8.7 uh 8.5 okay uh actually i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna do an 8.1 okay very and good katrina if I you are paying close attention to our pods uh let us know if we're inconsistent between what we actually gave my own private idaho and what we're giving it now and katrina if you dare have another surprise party <laughs> and we don't get an invite we're kicking you off the patreon we won't kick you off we will actually we'll rescind execution privileges mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. stay on but we no more killing people no one we don't allow that mm-hmm. okay she'll be like in some sort of like bamboo hut in the corner of our uh estate yeah, like Keith in the Righteous yeah. Gemstones <laughs> yeah. when the God Squad imprisons him. See, I finished the season. So Katrina I will be imprisoned by the God Squad. Yeah. If you don't invite us Ooh, to your next episode. we need a God Squad. But we have to figure out how they don't get out of hand like they did yeah. in the Righteous Gemstones. The Fart uh, Quart. Fan- I don't know. The Fart Quart. The, the uh, Fart Mart. Mm, uh, we'll, we'll think of something. We'll think um, of something. Anyways. Anybody has any idea for names too? Uh, yeah, I'm not good at coming up with names for things. Trisha, my wife, that's one of her skills. Trisha she is actually, very good at it. She came up with the name of the podcast. Did she come up with Patron of the Farts too? Yes, she did. There was yeah. one other name that Trisha came up with that was pretty good too. I don't remember, but she's I good at Trisha it. I think Trisha is the best. I'm second place, and then you're third place. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> uh, all right, Patrick, we got to move on here. Okay. Letterbox Rundown. Wait, hold on, real quick. Thank what? you again to Jeffrey and Katrina. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much to the patrons of the farts. If you want to become a patron of the farts, go to patreon.com slash pod. Our movie we're talking about in our recalibration episode this month is Ghost. Ghost. So if you want to hear that this month, and you get to listen to all of our past Patreon episodes like Leprechaun last Ooh. month with... Yes. <laughs> that reminds me. So by the time this is released... There will be one more day of voting for the recalibration episode for the Oscars winners. Did you see this, Casey? Are you up to date on our situation here? No. What's going on? Okay. So we did this extremely fun yes. Oscars ballot contest. Rave yes, reviews from across the board. We had a four-way tie. Whoa. Really? Yeah. And so what we did <laughs> Who is- are the, we, Who's the four-way winners? Who's uh, the- I don't know if I should- I'll, I'll name them. Liam. Great. Uh, Joey. Great. Sammy Lawboy. Also great. And Zach Warwick. So we got Liam, Zach, Joey, and Sammy Lawboy. Fantastic. And you know what? Uh, I think other people, I saw some other people on Instagram who did not participate, who are patrons of the farts, who would have won had they participated in the battle. Well, that's what you get. But anyway, that's so we got a four-way get. tie. And each of them submitted movies, and the patrons of the Farts can vote on them. So if you're listening to this these now... These are all great submissions, by the way. I would have been happy with any of these winning. We should not put our thumbs on the scales. I'm really tempted to put my thumb on the scales, because I know what I want to do, but that's not fair. Don't put it on the scale, dude. Do you, you don't have to say, but do you have a preference? Looking at the... No, I actually don't. I feel really good about all of these. I have a preference. I'm not going to say it. But if you're listening to this now, you have about 24 hours left to vote. You can change your vote 
if 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 something strikes you and you are uncomfortable if with the your muse previous visits mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so and you, you can choose between napoleon dynamite cats american pie or cool runnings so these are, these will uh these are the four that you can you can vote yes. for one of these and it'll be the recalibration episode for the month of may uh so love it get I on love there it, love and it, if you're not it. a patron of the farts you can become a patron of the farts right now vote. as you're listening vote. to this quickly. and you can vote quickly. extraordinary shit all right patrick <laughs> we, we gotta move on here. okay let's move on letterbox rundown how was your week actually not that bad better than i would oh. have expected and then go ahead please okay so manuel lee and i went to go see x the new yeah. horror oh, film I from just want to say something about x West. yeah when we trisha and i saw it in the movie theater uh-huh. a family came in with three kids under the age of 11 i would say holy shit what and the i was fuck? like uh-oh did they say that's an r-rated movie oh yeah they stayed through the whole thing could were there any audible responses to no huh not i mean none like that i could hear but anyways go on what did you think of x saw x loved it gave it four and a half wow on letterboxd uh i said uh you could feel the passion that went into making this it's a very, very creative comment I made. Yes. Uh, rewatched Teton because Leah had not Teton? seen Teton and wanted to watch it. Very uh, good. Holds up. Fantastic. Uh, finally watched. I say finally. It's only been out for a few weeks. Uh, Deep Water, the Ana de Armas <sighs> and Ben Affleck erotic thriller vehicle. I really liked it. Um, Leah seemed a little bit less than enthused about it, but I think she liked it okay. I, I really liked it. I thought Deep Water was really fun. I'm interested. I like those type of movies. I'm trying I like to read Adrian your face. I'm like Lean. scrutinizing your face. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested. Okay. And then I watched uh, Steven Soderbergh's Out of Sight. With oh, George I've never and J-Lo. seen it. This was my first time seeing. Wow. That's one of my crimes. I would say one of my I, sins. Yeah. I felt very guilty having not seen it. Finally watched it. So not bad. Four movies. Yeah, that's good. Good job, yeah, Patrick. So I had a good that's week. What about you? Much better than you usually do. Yeah. I watched <laughs> yeah, what did two you watch? movies. Well, the problem is the movie we talk are talking about today was like 19 hours long. So it <laughs> wasn't a lot of time for other movies. <laughs> Conservatively. Uh, I watched a movie called Psycho Gorman. Have you heard of this movie? It sounds vaguely familiar. I don't know if you'd like it or hate it. It's what, like when's it, pretty, when was it released? Like a year ago. It's kind of a take on like 80s movies. Basically this like demonic evil alien gets uncovered in this kid's backyard that like is like a world destroyer. There's a lot of fun costumes and makeup and stuff, and it's kind of like tongue in cheek. And but these kids, it's kind of like in the uh, like. Have you ever seen The Gate or like kids getting involved with like actual horror in horror movies from the eighties? Uh, it's kind of like that. And okay. uh, but they like ha- can control this guy named Psycho Gorman, and there's all these other like demons coming, and it's kind of fun. Cool. Kind of reminded me of like what platform yeah. did you watch that on mm, i can't remember i think it's on prime okay cool cool and then i watched did your parents Cl- watch that with you guys no 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 uh, no. that was a trisha casey exclusive private and then, screening private screening in my private screening room uh and then i watched claire denise chocolate not the chocolate you're thinking of but mm-hmm. claire denise from the 80s and it was how good. was her version or not version how was that movie it's good it's yeah. good yeah i thought it was good cool what compelled you to watch that we're in a little movie club, and my sister-in-law's sister picked it. 
and uh, she loves this movie. Sister. Jade's so Jade sister? sister Emily picked it. Oh, yes. cool. I love what that. What does that make Emily to me? We I think she's nothing the... to you. She's a, just a stranger? Mm-hmm. It's like mm. Dan Rarig, who I love. Ah, I see. I love Dan Rarig as much as my brother, but he is a cousin, not cousin. Oh, really? Huh. Interesting. As yeah. much. Yes. Dan so if you were in a good son life. situation where you you are hanging, they're hanging onto your arms and you're holding them from falling off a cliff. And I got familiar? Dan Rarig and one of my brothers. Yeah. You have to make a decision because you're losing strength, which one you're going to drop. I would throw them both up and I would kill myself. <laughs> like I don't I would think use, that's an option. I would use all my strength to flip them up and then they would come up. Oh, and then, okay. And then I as I'm, well, as I'm flipping them up, the they would come up and then I flip down. You would die? You would die mm-hmm. for both of them? I would die for Dan and Tommy and or Jeffrey. Okay, very good. All right, Patrick, we got to move on to this movie because I have a lot to say. Yeah, me too. Okay. This is Fart House. We watch the artsiest, fartiest film so that you can pretend that you did, which is why we're talking about, ooh, it's a doozy. Ooh, it's a doozy. This Patrick, is why we made this, this show. <laughs> this is why we made this show. Holy shit. We're doing a service for you if you haven't seen this movie. This we watch this one. one for you. It is Stalker by Andre Tarkovsky, one of the fartour fart fathers. Fart fathers. Uh, this is we're exactly gonna... why the show exists. Exactly. You should be on your fucking knees <laughs> thanking us for this service. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to subject it to a proprietary fartsy test, which determines how impenetrable this movie really is. But Patrick, do you own this movie and have you seen it? I don't own it and I had seen it before. You have seen mm-hmm. it before? On, and you don't on... own it? No, on Netflix uh, when I was about 16, 15 or 16. Did you watch it all in one sitting when you were 16? (laughs) No. Did you watch it all in one sitting this time? (laughs) No. Oh, neither did I. I'm not. It took me three different sittings to. It was so insane. Uh, Do you own any Tarkovsky movies? Uh, Solaris on DVD. Now, famously, that's one of our lost episodes. And by lost, is I have it, but you just the public has. Do you know to how it. badly our patrons would love to listen to that, and yet you deny them that pleasure? Okay, they can you're listen the pleasure to it, but denier. I'm, I'm not going to listen to. I'm just going to. You're a pleasure but denier. Gonna, PD. I feel like our patrons are going to listen to that, and they're going to say, "You know what? This show actually isn't good. I'm going to stop being a patron of the fart, and I'm going to block them on social media. That's what I feel like is going to happen." Which, by the uh, way, did you see we got a little bit of negative social interaction? <laughs> no, what happened? So I'm trying to, I'm trying to, or Brad, excuse me, Brad, Brad, sure. <laughs> Brad is trying to tell people. Spread about, the gospel. Brad's trying to spread the gospel of Fart House. And so Brad was. <laughs> Brad what searched, did he do? Brad, Brad searched Fart, searched my own private Idaho on Twitter. Sure. I and, appreciate this service and, that Brad does. And Brad, it gets the name out there. Yeah, and most folks respond and say Positively. thank you, or they'll like it. They'll like the tweet. One person, <laughs> or nothing, or nothing. You get a <laughs> nothing. Also, you get a also like, an acceptable response, or you get a thank you. Yes, Brad responded to one person, and Brad got a hearty fuck off. <laughs> whoa what did brad say brad said we just did an episode of my my own private idaho check it out and the person responded fuck off (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you know, you get, to make an omelet, you gotta break and Brad, a few Brad eggs. just responded with a gift that said, "I can do that." So yeah. we're <laughs> we're keeping it cordial here at Fart. Very cordial. I'm glad Brad doesn't go after these people. No, we didn't want to fuck antagonize. Fuck off. Well, you know what? <laughs> so funny. That's the best we can do. Well, fuck okay. off. Very Logan Roy. Fuck off. <laughs> yes, very good. Um, Tarkovsky. Now, okay, so we did do an episode on a Tarkovsky as one of our practice episodes before mm-hmm. we even released the show yeah. a couple of years ago. This is our first canon episode. Our first canon episode, yes. And I have seen this before. Mm. And I remember... I thought you hadn't seen Stalker. No, I have seen it. Okay, so which Tarkovsky movies have you seen? I've seen Ivan's Childhood, okay. Solaris, okay. Stalker, okay. and Andre Rublev. Okay, so I've only seen Stalker and Solaris. Those are the only two I've seen. Andre Rublev, also fucking long, but it's good. Okay. And not that Stalker isn't good, but I don't know. Uh, do you have an impression of Tarkovsky? How do you feel about him? He's considered one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. He's one of those... I think he's someone that really, what I like about Tarkovsky and my limited exposure to him is he seems to appreciate the medium of cinema on its own. Like he realizes that cinema cinema is like a unique tool um, for conveying certain things. And it's a very unique art form and you can only convey certain emotions and yeah. And feelings via cinema that might not, you might not be able to get across in a essay or a novel or a song or a drawing or a painting. Cinema is uniquely positioned to make you feel a certain way. And I feel like Tarkovsky recognizes that. After I watched this movie, I was kind of like, oh shit, should we not be doing a Russian filmmaker right now? But I had already watched the movie and God help me if I was not, if I was going to watch this for nothing. Yeah. You know? So I think too, we're not in a position, as we've said numerous times on this podcast, we're a couple of dummies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're not in a position to comment on how this relates to contemporary Russian politics or contemporary yeah. Russian life. But I think on our limited exposure to these things, I think you, you I don't know. There's interesting. It's interesting to view, to watch this movie through the prism of contemporary geopolitics. Yeah. And I think it is somewhat critical of Russia, too. Oh, for sure. I film. get that same feeling, too. I'm going to do a quick synopsis. But critical of capitalism, too. I think it's critical of yeah. both. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Okay, I'm going to do a quick synopsis here. And from the synopsis, you're going to be like, that sounds awesome. Well, I don't know. Okay, (laughs) here we go. sounds much cooler than it is. In the distant future, in an unnamed country, which is Russia, basically, there is a zone that appears that defies physics and logic. The military has gated it off, but there are a select few who sneak people into the zone and are able to navigate this magical land. They are called Stalkers. This movie is about the Stalker. We don't really know his name. Played by Alexander Kaidanovsky. He takes these two men, the professor, played by Nikolai Grinko, and the writer, Anatoly Solanitsyn. They ta- he takes them into the zone um, because apparently there is a room in the zone that when you enter it, your innermost desires become reality. As they journey through this forbidden land, philosophical conversations abound. And they are confronted with the idea that even if their innermost desires become reality, is that what they actually want? And will that make them happy? So that's a summation of the plot. This was directed by Andrei Tarkovsky in 1979. 
And I was surprised watching this again. I'm like, this is so similar to Solaris in a lot of ways. Oh, you, think, you so? think Yeah, because it's about the like desires becoming physical, you know, mm-hmm. entering the physical world. Yeah, I think that was really interesting. I mean, what we talked a lot about in our Lost Solaris episode is sort of like how this sort of is it like it's like a planet or a moon or some sort of yeah. space. It kind of refracts desire. It refracts people's like innermost like feelings and wants and wants. Yeah. And I think uh, Stalker is similar in that way. Stalker is also I believe it's Tarkovsky's final film. Is that correct? Is that correct? I believe Stalker's his final film. And there are some people that think that he and some other filmmakers on the set of this film were poisoned by the KGB. Really? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Because three or four different people died of the same type of cancer um, around the same time after about four or five years after Stalker died of the same type of cancer. Really? Yeah. Yeah, some he died relatively young. He was 54. Yeah. Some people surmise it was KGB, but I think in particular where they were shooting this, a lot of sequences were shot in Estonia and they were this shot- This was not his last movie, by the way. Oh, it wasn't? What was his last movie? The Sacrifice. Okay. Was this second to last though? This is the third to last. Oh, what was in between Sacrifice and Stalker? Nostalgia. Hmm. Have you seen either of those? No, no I haven't. You haven't. You haven't. That's interesting and scary. Yeah. I, you know, so this more, this movie in a word is boring. <laughs> it was so boring and there's just, and here's my biggest pet peeve. Yeah, tell me I'm your peeve. All for, I'm all for boring. I'm all for nothingness. This movie tells you they're going to a magical land where magic things happen. No magic things happen the entire time. It could, at, no, there's at the one end, time where the landscape kind of, it kind undulates. of like ripple yeah it undulates a bit yeah there's one but <laughs> if at the end they were like oh actually this has no magical qualities whatsoever i would have been like i could see that because nothing happens really and they're being very careful because the land changes a lot like mm-hmm. he's like don't you can't just go running off or like everything you can't go back same, the same way you came but it never get, it never does any cool stuff like in at least solaris you see the physical representation of desire you never see right you see the planet or the is it like a storm on a planet i can't remember but it's like sort of like you see the sort of uh but also the wife comes back in Mm -hmm. solaris but no one comes back for this the only thing at the end is that you see that uh the stalker's child has psychokinetic abilities because of the times that the stalker has gone into the zone right and he the the little girl moves a glass with her mind. But other than that, there's like nothing magic. I fun. like I liked this movie, but I think what's a bummer about it is I mean you you just basically talked about it, but I think there's nothing switch. yeah, there's nothing particularly I think there was a lot of opportunities for creepy and weird things to happen. And there was a lot of opportunities for there to be deviations from reality as we know it. And yeah. there wasn't really any. It's like did you see Annihilation, the Alex Garland movie? Yes, with- I was thinking about Annihilation this whole time. I love Annihilation. And I love the concept of going to a place where, like, it's weird and the rules of physics are, in, you know, uh, flipped upside down. You yeah, know? And, where it's like, uh, a, it's like a, um, it's a place where 
people should not be going. It's a transgressive place and it's a dangerous place and yes. only certain people should go there. And I like that about this movie and about Annihilation. And what I like about Annihilation is there's a sense of dread that I didn't feel yes. the same sense of dread in Stalker that I did. This in- is one of the dampest movies you've ever seen in your life. Damp uh, figuratively or literally? Literally. Like, it was wet as hell. They're mm-hmm. always, like, falling into, like, dirty puddles and, like, uh, r- like th- these, like, dirty pools of, like, factory water and mm-hmm. stuff. It's disgusting. And they're wet and dirty the whole time and, like, rolling around and crawling on the ground and being, like... Uh, and like rubbing their their balding foreheads all the time. That's like ninety percent of this fa- movie. One of my favorite features of the movie is the three main characters are all balding. I identify. I know with it's that. like an improv troupe. Very much. It's crazy. <laughs> They're all balding. And did you? Okay, so case is there one of the interesting things about this movie is there seemed to be a sort of tension between science and art, like a little bit, like there's yeah, definitely this see that. tension Belief, between the professor faith. and the writer. Yes, exactly. And did you find yourself gravitating, gravitating towards one or the other? I was gravitating. Definitely. Where, where I were think you gravitating? I, I was <laughs> gravitating. Were you gravitating? Um, I, I was, uh, were you gravitating? <laughs> I was, you know what? I'm, I'm, perfectly in the middle i believe both in faith and science and the magical dance they do in the middle and that's art baby so i don't know if i lean one way or the other i think they're both wrong and they're both right okay what about you so there's one thing that i wanted to talk about with you in particular i hope it's more interesting than this movie (laughs) i found the, the movie is kind of on the dull side but it did make me think about a lot and in particular sure. I think it's because I work in a discipline that I am not a part of. I work in the computer science and engineering department and I was an English major. Yeah, you are not a computer scientist. No, and so I kind of struggle with part of me wishes I had majored in something that was quote unquote more practical. Sure. And there were some things that I don't necessarily agree with 100%, but I like the writer had this quote at one point in the movie where the writer said we exist to create art and that that is the most unselfish thing of all something to that effect like creating art is the most unselfish act and i thought that was interesting (laughs) it's like the it's like in i wait have you seen i think you should leave or no yes i have (laughs) carl havoc's like i thought it was interesting Shut the fuck up. Go over and kick the table. What's that do for the greater good? It's funny. Explain to me why it's funny. It's because it's because she's alone. You thought it was funny. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I thought it was interesting that he said that. But um, I don't I don't know if I totally subscribe to the notion that art is unselfish. I don't really think that. I, I, I struggle with that all the time because in some ways I would consider myself an artist, mm-hmm. a filmmaker. I make stuff that I think is a reflection of who I am and is trying to say something. Mm -hmm. And inherently, I sort of struggle with the fact, I'm like, is this just like, do I really have something to say that's so important that other people should listen to it? Or is this good enough for other people to want to, is this good enough for other people to take something from this? Mm -hmm. Am I just being selfish? Do I deserve a spot to make stuff? Yeah. You know? And I think those are all really- I struggle with that. 
I think those is are my s- podcast any good? Yeah. Is my co-host a dimwit? <laughs> you know, these dude. are things I uh, just is my he little too dude. little of a dude. <laughs> is he? Is the dude level too little? Is he too small? Um, but I I liked those questions that it raised because you can think about like sometimes I think about in my job. I work with people that are extremely intelligent and have more like pragmatic applications of their careers. Sure. And they do these things that are they enrich lives in more tangible ways. And you think about how science can prolong our lives. It can make us healthier. It can make us more efficient. It can make things just generally less laborious, you know, yeah. can make our lives easier. But then what if you were to complete, what if you took away art from that? If you completely, if art became not a part of life at all anymore? You know, it's funny. Grimes is always talking about AI. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the videos. <sighs> don't analogize me AI. to Grimes. Otherwise I'll rip apart my laptop. Okay. Well, I love Grimes, but she's always talking about how AI can, you know, make life easier for people and we can focus on just making art and stuff. So that's, I have but the thing really is, that's not, what's, that. that's not what's happening. I, I agree with her if that's what was actually happening, but In AI theory. isn't doing that. AI is, yeah. AI is doing things so that we can work even more. It's like, that's it's the thing. True. It's like, now we have email. Imagine years before when there was no email. Okay. Patrick, work you are, email. we are locked. My, we are mind melded right now okay. because we were just having this conversation with my parents this weekend. And my dad okay. was talking about how when he had to send a memo to somebody in insurance, like an insurance broker back mm-hmm. in the eighties, he would write a memo, put it in an envelope and send it in the mail. And now you do that in seconds, but you're still expected to work the same hours that you did back in the Mm eighties, even though it's like a hundred billion times more efficient now, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like we should really only be working four hours a day Mm -hmm. and, uh, the rest of the day, we should just be chillaxing. That's my, that's my political, uh, you know, that's what I stand on. I agree with you a hundred percent because all of these things were implemented by very smart people or developed by extremely smart, talented, um, ambitious folks and the net result is we're working more than ever because yeah. we carved out all this additional time and instead of making it for leisure or for rest or art or art it's, it's all these other bullshit and so i don't know i didn't agree with the writer saying that art is unselfish because i think art can be very selfish but i think i don't know if life is worth living without art I think that's true. I think art is the ultimate expression of being a human being. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that's part of what the movie is saying. To Because it is, in its sense, it, impractical. Mm-hmm. And it's that impracticality that gives it power. You know? But think, it's necessary. It's impractical, but necessary. You right. Know? So let's say, let's say you strip away art from human life. You have... Like the Fart House podcast is the, ripped away <laughs> from the patrons of the farts. <laughs> yes. And you're left with nothing but work. Okay, so let's say art is gone. You have your family and friends. And again, the Fart House podcast falls under the That's art right. category, Corey. Yeah. Yes. Which I'm sure you all knew, but just to clarify, go on. And I guess, so you have your family and friends, and I guess you have work, and then I guess sports is really pretty much mm. it. Yeah. But I think if you rip away, I mean, some people could probably make the art. Some fucking weirdo losers could make the argument you'd be fine without art. But I think life without art would just be excruciating. I think so, too. I think 
And I'm not trying and to be e- self-important about art. I'm not trying to give art an, an outsized... I think art is a, you know, it's a conduit through which humans are able to digest real world and scientific events and put it in a way mm-hmm. that is emotionally understandable to us as humans. And so, yes. like, even enjoying sports, you know, you said we'd have sports. The way we enjoy sports is through a narrative structure. It's not through just computation of numbers. That's a good you know, point. We, so that prism through which we enjoy sports, the prism is art, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think without art, we would not even have any joy whatsoever and i th- I think that's a really good point i think enjoyment of sports would be stripped of i mean there's the competition Meaning. level people love competition but i think we underestimate the value of narrative in sports at least on a conscious level i think a lot of us subconsciously realize how important narrative yeah. is in sports but it's the actual i think that's a really important thing to note yeah. And with uh, Stalker, I mean, it's engaging these kinds of conversations. Look There's- at the philosophical conversations that have been spouted out of this movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. We're talking like philosophers. Yeah. Would and you go into the zone? To the zone? Yeah, would you go into the zone? Well, gotta get in the zone. Remember that Britney Spears song? Couldn't stop thinking about that during this movie. And I thought this movie could use Britney. (laughs) There should be a remake with Britney Spears as the stalker. And she's taking Jason Federline and Justin Timberlake. You got to get in the the... zone. Jason Federline. Come on. (laughs) Or is it Kevin Federline? Kevin Federline. Kevin. She's taking K-Fed and and Justin Timberlake through the zone. (laughs) No, she wouldn't take them. She'd take her Okay, who would Britney take through the zone if she were a stalker? Okay, here we go. Here's the movie. Here's Stalker starring Britney Spears. Okay. Jamie Lynn Spears, who they've had a huge falling out lately. She wouldn't take her sister through the... Although the porcupine This is the narrative. Okay. This is the narrative. The porcupine. A character we don't see in the movie named yeah, the porcupine. But the porcupine took like his brother through the, the zone. So here's, but she would be like, this would be like them. Recon- this is why it would be a good movie because okay, like, okay. she's like, I don't want to take you. And then it's like, please. She's saying this to, to her sister, Jamie Lynn. Jamie Lynn would say like, I need to go in there. Okay. And Brittany's like, okay. So that's how that would work. I think that would be good. Here's Do they the thing go in the, the two zone. of them or who's who's who? Like there should be someone else. Or if you Who's were, the third? Who's the third person to go in? Or if you in? were if you were if you like let's say uh <laughs> Paramount comes to you and says, okay. We have Britney Spears on retainer for a movie, you can do whatever you want. You're like, I'm and gonna remake it has to be a remake of a and has to be a remake of Stalker. Would it just be Britney and Jamie Lynn or would you we would need a third person. Okay. Um, Mariah Carey, maybe, uh, maybe another pop star or what? Christina, Christina Aguilera. So they had Britney, like a rivalry. Britney would be the stalker and then Jamie yes. Lynn and Christina Aguilera would be the two clients. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm skeptical of this relationship. Who, do you, who, who else? Jamie Lynn is for sure. That's a for sure. But who's the third? No, I disagree. Here's what I would do. Okay. Okay. No bad ideas in brainstorming. I actually already said it. I think Britney Spears would be the stalker. Kevin Federline and Justin Timberlake. And Kevin Federline and Justin Timberlake. But that's so toxic. She hit, she doesn't want to. That's hang the out point. With those These exes. people, the clients, suck because the clients are going. Yeah. Because they want to get to the room where all of their desires will come true, and 
that it's exactly the type of people that would want to go to the room are Kevin Federline and Justin Timberlake. And what would their desires be? It's scary. We we would want, don't want you know we 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 are on bated we breath think, to find we, out we what they think. We would know, but we don't know, which is that's even more exactly fascinating. Right, that's one of the things in the movie. The guy goes into the room because he's like, I want to bring my brother back to life, but he becomes rich because his inner desire was to become rich more than save his brother. Yes. So and then he killed himself because. Yes. Okay. Yes, because of that. Yes. Um, would I go into the zone? Didn't you feel like I was like, oh, I, I bet he's going to sneak him in some sneaky way. But it was just kind of like, go, 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 go. And they're getting shit. Like, they almost got killed. And I was like, how does he normally take people in? Exactly. This seems That's so- what I was thinking. I was like, there's all this, like, reverence for the mental mutant stalker. The and stalker. They guide us There was, like, this. nothing that special about him. He was, like, kind of, like, hanging out his clients to dry at every twist and turn. He had a couple of these weird, what they called metal nuts, where he'd, like... Because they had to test like, the gravity. Yeah, they had to test the gravity, so they'd fix like a piece of metal to like some rag, cloth, some like yeah. yeah, or like sheet material, and just like throw it. They'd throw it like twenty feet in front of them, walk to the nut, throw another nut. That was a lot of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought there would be some more. To, that would I would also fix that the remake. I would make it seem a little more skilled, like a coyote getting someone across the border. You know, mm-hmm. like oh, we'll take mm-hmm. this path, and there's a tunnel, and we have to do this and blah 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 be careful i know the way through this there was none of that it was just like a gate opened and they're like go 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 and then machine guns are shooting after them was there any part of the movie that you felt genuinely anxious about or frightened or was it just so long and tedious I, that you couldn't engage in on that i think that beginning part level? where they're sneaking in i was like a little bit like ooh what's going on that's I like i didn't the feel that way stuff. because of i thought i so i appreciate so the movie looks very different in different segments and the first yes the real world is very sepia tone. Yes. And I thought it looked so ugly uh, that I couldn't even. You couldn't get it up. I couldn't even. <laughs> Dude, I couldn't even get it up. I was just <laughs> so ugly. <laughs> Dude, this movie was fugly for the first 30, 40 minutes. It was fugly. It really was. <laughs> and it's because it's like, oh, uh, actually, I'll mention that when we get to the fartsy test. Uh, yeah, it just was um, fugly. It was a fugly movie, and so I, and because it was fugly, I did not engage with it on a particularly. This movie made me think a lot, and it made me reflect a lot. But I didn't. It didn't have any sort of in the moment emotional resonance where I was like really feeling it one way or another, or feeling scared, or feeling tense, or anything. This movie, which this does not happen to me very often, where I will realize I'm not paying attention and I'm not looking at anything else. My my eyes have gone like glazed over and I'd be like, <laughs> oh, what just happened? Like that happened a few times in this movie, like at one of the times that they laid down in the grass or in some puddle or something. Well, you know where I glazed times. over and it felt like a 45 minute scene is when what? the um, when the writer is going through the tunnel, which I think they call the pipe. Yeah, it, it I, it was probably three minutes. It felt like twenty-eight minutes. He just kept. That's the zone, man. It he just warps kept time. Going through and like you just hear him like stepping on glass. Didn't you feel like, like the sound design was weird? It like was like ASMR or crunchy or yeah, something. It, it made me very feel funny. crunchy. But I liked that. Very about it. crunchy. Yeah. I like that too. Ooh, I'm excited about our Britney Spears remake. Obviously, yeah. the script needs work, but. I'm would you let me be potential. your co-director or would you want me to do some other role? Do you, you think we could producer? co-direct a movie or no? 
I think one of us would end up dead. You think and so? And I would be fearful. But I what think what would our be our most stylistic uh like where would we butt heads? Where would we butt heads? If we were co-directing. You know, I think I'd want to do something kind of like messy and avant-garde, like a Guy oh, Madden film. And I feel up. like you'd be like, what? I can't. This isn't in focus. And I'm like, that's the point. They're in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be yeah. yeah. And I would want the Jason Reitman sort of. Yeah. Is that what <laughs> sure. you're saying? Jason Reitman. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Patrick, we got to move on to the Farty test. Is it time for the Farty test? We've been recording for a full hour. Oh, shit. Yeah. Let's get on the Farty test. All right, this is the Fartsy test. Like we say, most people fast forward to this part in the episode. <laughs> this is, uh, and as we said before, Case, this is by far the most helpful, crucial oh, public service episode we have done. It should be on the Wikipedia page. Like, this is hey, like just the a resource giving for you. alms, sort of. It is giving alms. You're so lucky for our generosity <laughs> and kindness. This is the test we use to determine a fartsiness of a movie, which is our scale that gauges how impenetrable, unapproachable, and generally artsy fartsy a movie is. We continually add and subtract from this list. It's a living document, much like the Constitution, but far more important to our country, nation, and the world at large. Patrick. Were there? Oh, I have one to add to. I'm excited about Patrick. Were there any disorienting editing choices? I think there were. There were subtle um, ones. Subtle ones. Also, there were extremely long takes that I think Ex- people are not necessarily takes. used to. But I feel like it was edited sometimes where you didn't know where you were, which was intentional. Like mm-hmm. I was like confused about where the geography of things were. And I think that was intentional. I thought that was kind of cool. Like I was disoriented. Yeah, actually. I agree with that. Um, I think this is definitely designed to you don't at, at no point does this movie want you to feel comfortable or to know exactly where you are. It's that's designed, the zone, man. Yeah, that's the zone. And I think which is good because, I mean, as we discussed before, I mean, there's nothing particularly in terms of the choreography of the sets. There's nothing that particularly disquieting. So it's like the fact that they have these the way that it's edited and these long shots, it has the effect of making you feel like you're kind of uncomfortable can i pitch an idea for our remake of stalker with britney spears could we over the credits you know how sometimes at the credits that like they do this in like the mama mia movies where it's like all the cast is like comes back and they're like singing and dancing a song and it's kind of like they're out of character it's like the actors are just like as themselves playing at the end yeah and so at the end britney spears would be in the zone performing gotta get in the zone and all the actors from the movie were like dancing and having a fun time at the end and like kind of singing along, but it's kind of like loose and fun, you know, sure. it's kind of like a blooper reel. Could we do that? Yeah, we could do that. Okay, cool. <laughs> Patrick, this is the question I want to ask. Okay. Okay. Is there inappropriately long gazing? Yes. What do you think of that question? I like it. I don't know if we want to implement it wholesale throughout. I want to implement it wholesale because... Trisha but you need, you need to clarify it, though. Inappropriate long gazing on the part of one particular character towards... some any Another character or something. Okay, so basically it's a shot fixated a shot on where a character where they're just gazing for gazing. the same period of time. Yeah, and that happens several times in this movie. <sighs> I mean, yeah, I'm okay with incorporating it for a while because, as you said, the Farsi test is a living document. We are not, like... It's more important than the Constitution... And so yeah. we're more willing to 
play around rip with out it. the pages and say let's start over yeah so yeah i'm okay with that for now um yes but this is definitely don't you think there's long gazing in this movie <laughs> oh, yeah yeah you know it's crazy trisha came up with this idea for another movie we were watching it wasn't even applied to this one she Which was like one? you should Can you say chocolat claire denise chocolat so much long gazing oh my god more than this i would say so are you serious the chocolate sucks no you haven't seen claire denise chocolat yeah but you said it's a lot of long gazing that already sounds like it sucks you don't like long gazing i'm a fan you're a fan of the long gaze in our remake of stalker how much long gazing will be okay so so much it'll be can we compromise so i want k-fed and justin timberlake so I get one and you get one. I'm choosing oh K-Fed. You, you choose want? K-Fed. Yeah, I want you... Jamie Lynn. Okay, we can agree okay, on that. So it's K-Fed <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Lynn. Lynn. Our Britney yeah, Spears' okay. clients. And is I I don't want Justin near this. And are they are they playing themselves or are they playing a professor and a writer? Uh I think they're playing a version of themselves, but they're also a professor and a writer. <laughs> Kevin Federline is a professor of dance, and Jamie Lynn Spears is, is a writer. Is K Fed of... Britney Spears's ex husband in yeah. this? Yeah. <laughs> yes. See, there's a lot built in. It's exciting. This uh, actually would be a pretty extraordinary. I think we're back. Remake. I think we're back on, baby. <laughs> is there? I'll let you direct it, but then I, I I get to do something. I get to get do to... something, man. Okay, so <laughs> we can write it, and you can be the producer. Okay. Okay. Deal. 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 That way, you accept the Best Picture Academy Award, and I have to kind of sit back sheepishly. Waiting That's true. It'd be pretty talking. embarrassing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I just know you'd love that. Yeah. Um, is there suicide? Well. Almost. I'm going to say yes, because they, they talk about suicide a lot. They talk about suicide, and then there's also um, the professor kind of tries to think about destroying the room with the bomb. I was confused about the... <laughs> bomb me too because <laughs> he's unscrewing a lot of cylinders pulling out like metal cylinders putting them in different places and i was confused because i was like okay is he setting is he setting the bomb off or is he turning the bomb is he turning the bomb on or turning it off i can't tell and then he's like throwing the pieces and i'm like is it is it still set to go off i was it was a confusing bomb it was a very confusing <laughs> And remember when he calls his his scientist scientist colleague and like the laboratory and he's like kind of yeah. trying to like taunt him and that his colleague like doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. He's like, "All right, you know this is going to destroy your career, right?" And he's like, "Well, I want to <laughs> well, I don't care. This is this is it. This is what I want to do." Why was the writer there? He said he was there to find inspiration. Yeah, he was searching for but inspiration. But that was a lie, right? He, well, he said that like he felt like he was so miserable, and he felt that people kept wanting more and more and more from him, and he felt like he hated his profession, and he felt like he had nothing else left to give. And so, yeah, I don't think it was necessarily mm. a lie. I think he was looking for. I think he felt like he was he he had been bled dry by critics, and the literary industry and by readers. And I felt like he had nothing else left. So he was, I don't know, I looking see. for something to fulfill him. Are there topics, images or behaviors that go beyond what would be considered acceptable in a mainstream film? There's a lot that would be unacceptable in a mainstream film, I think, but it's not necessarily topic wise. I you think if I mean? we pitched our Britney Spears version, we could make it work, but anything else it's unacceptable. We'd be fucking printing money. Yeah. I love to print money. Do you print money? I dude? would love to print money. <laughs> Britney. 
She, I let's get her back in the movies. Who I do saw we know that can connect us with Britney to do us a talk? So I kind Britney. of know some comedians that did a podcast that was all about Britney Spears' Instagram presence, and mm. I feel like they may have had some ancillary connection to her. Mm. But okay, okay. Gosh, who can we? Well, I'll, 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 I'll put out some feelers. Yeah, put out okay. feelers. I think we need to make this happen. We should crowd fund, crowd fund the uh, Britney Spears stalker remake. The Britney Spears. Wait, how did you? Remake. How did Britney Spears even come up in the first place? Because how did of the you song think of, "Gotta Get in the Zone"? Oh, that's, <laughs> that's right. You remember that she's going to perform that in the over the credits? That that's was right. one of your concessions. That's right. <laughs> uh, can okay? Here's a real question: Can Peanut okay. start watching this movie? Oh, I'm sorry, I missed one. Does someone masturbate? Is there a penis in this movie? No, no. This is it's a very asexual unse- movie. Se- unsexual the yeah, opposite it's devoid of, sexual. of sexuality it's not hot it's not no 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 no, no, no would no. you Who? characterize this as a very mm, i'm kind of about to retract this because i'm answering my own question but i'm curious for your take would you say this is a particularly human film that's i guess kind of yeah it's i think human. yes as i was asking that question i think because there are so many questions about kind of like the meaning of life and what's the point of existence and, and what does it mean to be human and what does it mean to be human and what is the point of living? Like, is, are we just here to suffer? Are we here to enjoy life? Are we here to work? Are we here to create value? Are we here to create art? Yeah. And those questions are really interesting to me. Yeah. Like if you think about it, like why yeah. I think who did you think the main character looked like stalker? With actor. Yes. He looked like, I looked him up and it was not, oh God, this is going to drive me crazy. He looked like, um. I have an answer. Will you say your answer and I'll tell you that's who I'm thinking? Woody Harrelson. Oh, that's not who I'm thinking. But he does look like Woody Harrelson. I don't know who you're thinking. He looks like a French actor from Jean-Pierre Junet's movies. And I'm trying to remember which actor he is. It's not the smushy face guy? The smushy face guy. He looks like the smushy face guy oh, a little bit. Oh, I'm blanking on his name too. I love him. Yeah. And we saw, we saw a movie with him recently that we talked yeah, about. Yeah, he was in uh, Betty Blue, wasn't he? In Betty Blue. Yeah, he was in Betty Blue. Um, yeah, that actor. Fantastic. It reminded Love me of him. him. Uh, uh, okay. But yeah, Woody Harrelson's a good comp, too. Can Peanut start watching this movie after 8 p.m. without falling asleep? I can answer that one for you, no. Good heavens, no. So I actually I put made this it... on for a child who's suffering from insomnia. So Lord. Uh, Leah had to go to Amarillo uh, yesterday. So, and Leah's friend, Spanish Alexa. Or yellow. <laughs> yes, thank you, Michael Scott. Uh, and Leah, and Leah's friend, Alexa, was in town from Chattanooga. We all went. Did she take the Chattanooga choo-choo? No, no, she took the Southwest Plani plane. The okay. Southwest plane. Uh, and Manuel came down from North Austin to South Austin. And uh, our friend Zach, uh, who we call Zoomer Zach, in case he's very titillated by this. Can Anyways, Casey get through Patrick's we, we, response <laughs> without falling asleep? Anyways, long story short, a lot of people were over. Leah went and flew off to Amarillo. The forest were at Leah's place to watch the movie. I was like, y'all need to understand this is going to be a very slow movie. Oh, these poor Zach, people. Zach Jesus fell asleep Christ. probably inside of eight minutes. Manuel sure. fell asleep inside of probably 20 minutes. I lasted an hour and 20 minutes. It's like a we, gas leak. We started the movie around 10. That's insane. That's yeah. inappropriate and that's dangerous. Because uh, some of these people had to get behind the wheel again after this, you know? 
Yes, but it was good for them because then they they felt refreshed when they sure. w- woke up and. Got... But yeah, I lasted an hour. They're and 20 still minutes. in the pipe. <laughs> I was very impressed about the fact that it started watching it around ten and it made it halfway through God. the movie. Wait, so yeah, you watched three. three? When did you uh, first start watching it? Probably about like it was all the after like five p.m. All of them, I think. Yesterday. I can't remember. Hmm. I watched it over the That's weekend. That's helpful. Thanks. Sorry, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> well, I could. But it was before eight p.m. I can guarantee you that. Okay. Uh, is okay. Here's a big question: <laughs> Is there an inordinate amount of milling about? So much so this could be retitled the 2013 starring comedy, the 2013 comedy starring Jason Sudeikis, where the Millers, if, <laughs> the highest <laughs> milling count possible. Should we, if we make the Britney Spears remake, should we call it Meet the Millers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stalker. <laughs> Colon, meet the Millers. Yeah, We're the Millers. Stalker to meet the Millers. <laughs> uh, so much milling. Like, the probably the highest BPM millage in any movie we've done. I would say so. I think I agree with that. And we've seen some serious fucking milling. Oh, we have. Poster titillation level. I, I say, would say kind of high. It's very Russian. I say high. In 70s, yeah. I'd say high. Mm-hmm. I was it's very the, intrigued by it prior to seeing this movie. Yeah. I knew of its reputation, yeah. but the poster had kind of set it, sent it into a new level for me. Now, are you thinking of the one, which one, which poster are you thinking of? The sort of blue one. Uh, with his head? Yeah, with the head. Yeah, it's very Russian 70s. And it almost e- looks like a, like a virtual reality sort of. Yeah. It's totally. almost like a CGI sort of image, but in a compelling way, not in a Marvel way. Yeah. Patrick hates Marvel. <laughs> Patrick, we're at yeah. the end. I got a score. Do you got a score? I got a score, too. I'm you want to go, go first? first? Alright, yeah, 9.7. 9.9. <laughs> I think if this was three hours long, it would have gotten a 10. Mm-hmm. This is the closest to 10 of any movie we've done, Yeah, I think. And yeah, and I think 9.9 is even better score. 9.7 is the only reason I'm saying 9.7 is because it was under three hours. Yeah. If it's three hours I'm and one barely, minute. Barely, but it's almost three hours. It's yeah. like two hours and 45 minutes. It's yeah. insane. Imagine as it's a metric that, that we've used before is putting this on at a party. Imagine putting this. I was so it would anxious be like, last night putting it on with Manuel and I Zach can't and Alexa. You did that. And I, I was just one. like hedging nonstop. I was like, just so y'all know, this movie is going to be extremely slow. It's not going to be fun. You're not going to enjoy it. And I was still anxious. And it everyone like, fell asleep. It's like it's like a hypnosis. I felt like a magician. Just I put feel on, like put on this soccer and everyone's out. Although Alexa kind, did like it. It's like Stravinsky's Rites of Spring, which caused <laughs> riots in the streets of Vienna. I feel like that would be like this movie mm-hmm. if you put this on. If someone is expecting a fun movie and they put this on, they'd yeah. be furious. They'd be well, enraged. you know what's interesting is multiple patrons of the farts, I think at least two or three patrons of the farts have listed this as their favorite artsy-fartsy movie. Really? It's yes. very highly rated on Letterboxd. Yeah. And I do think... Did you I think like it's actually it? a good movie. But Me too. it's so... It's just... It's impenetrable. Yeah. <laughs> it really I is. don't think it needed to be that long. because So the first... The sepia tone portion, I was like, get me the fuck out of here. And then as soon as they get into the zone, I was actually pretty engrossed for the... (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
It was pretty engrossed. Yeah, I mean, it's visually movie, stunning. Yeah, and I like the sort of questions that they raise. I like what they're yeah. talking about, even though it's a little pompous and pretentious. Yeah. I liked. There were interesting questions, and I was reflecting yeah. on it myself. So, major think. Made really major think. <laughs> made me think. Patrick, next week we're talking about a classic, Blow Up, which a lot of movies have been made that kind of are uh, not a copy, but inspired by this movie. A lot of great artsy-fartsy movies are inspired by this movie. And I'm excited to talk about it and watch it again. I've seen it, but uh, I'm excited. I think the birds make an appearance in this movie. Like the band, the birds? Yeah. Oh, cool. Have you seen Blow Up? Yes. In fact, this was the last DVD I had from Netflix that I never returned. You still have it? I still have it somewhere. (gasps) Mm-hmm. The cops are gonna come for you, dude. I know they're dude. gonna be on your fucking ass. I know, dude. Vanessa Redgraves is in this movie. A young Vanessa Redgraves. Anyways, we're excited to talk about that. Antonioni. This Have is you seen any Antonioni movies? Well, we'll talk about uh, it during the episode, I guess. Yeah, but, we'll talk yeah. about it later. Right, talk yeah. about it later, dude. My so that's our show we did it again we got out of the zone safely did our desires get uh put into physical form our innermost (laughs) desires i would say no no and that's kind of the lesson of stalker what would be your desire i can't tell you i can tell you it's too deep i can what is it everyone likes you no we have five thousand patrons oh that would be great Mm-hmm. Actually, that's it. Let's physicalize that. Let's make that real. Get out there, street team, and get some more patrons I put a, for the I put Patreon. a few stickers up around town last weekend, actually. And people wrote, fuck off on them? <laughs> no, but that is still so funny. Fuck off. Someone tweeted at us. All right, sir. Fuck Sorry. Off. Poor Brad. Time. <laughs> Poor Brad, indeed. Uh, if you want to tell us to fuck off on Twitter, our... F- <laughs> Our Twitter handle is FarthousePod. On Instagram, we're FarthousePod. Patrick is at Patrick R. Mallon on Twitter. He's at PR Mallon on Letterboxd. I'm Casey Lee O'Brien on all services. If you want to become a patron of the farts, oh, we'd love to have you. We'd love to have you. Like we said, we're trying to get to 5,000. And we're doing well. We're on our way. But uh, we're not at 5,000. So tell your friends. You get to listen to our fun recalibration episodes. You get to vote on fun things like our next recalibration movie, if you become a patron of the farts. And there's just a lot of funny stuff going on in there. Lots of lols, isn't there? Are you lolling when you're on I'm the lolling. Patreon? We have an incredible community. We have uh, incredibly impassioned fans. We are also going to be planning, uh, Casey and I have a business meeting on the books. We're going to plan some sort of live thing. Also, Casey will be visiting Austin at some point in the next few months. And we might do something special when you're in town. Something special. This way comes, and it's going to be great. I'll bring my microphone, Patrick. You better, dude. You better. Well, Patrick, that's it. That's all we got. We we uh, Have we expended all of our energy? Yep. And again, we're going to have to go to the hospital because that's how. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. I forgot what you need to Canonically do. go to the hospital after every <laughs> yeah. recording. Yeah. yeah. Each of us have stretchers waiting. <laughs> The gurneys are Leah, waiting. like waiting yeah. with paramedics outside. They're waiting right outside. <laughs> Trisha yeah. wants to get a red light for our office to signify that I'm recording. And I think that would be pretty cool. It's cool, so, like, but is that necessary? 
I'm recording. I'm a podcast professional. I'm recording all the time. And Trisha comes barging in with Dolly to show me something. Shouldn't she just not come in if the door is closed? Well, can't stop a wife, (laughs) you know, barging in. I know what you mean, dude. I know what you mean. Uh, So I thought that would be pretty cool. And yes, I think it's been necessary. I think it uh, would be more cool than necessary. Like, I would like that, but it's not necessary. Are you a pod? Would you consider yourself a podcast professional? No, I would consider. Then you, you don't that. know. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, that's us. We are the Cinephile Cuties signing off. Bye bye. Patas. 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 Patas.